The Vital Way, where ancient wisdom meets the cutting edge to optimize your vitality and performance. There are no right ways, just better ways. Welcome to The Vital Way. I'm Logan Christopher, and joining us again today is Peter Ragnar. We had him on just, uh, I guess it was a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, uh, and covered a lot of great information in that. I, if you haven't listened to that one, I highly suggest you go back and we'll get a little bit more of an introduction to who Peter Ragnar is and what he does. Uh, but today we're really going to focus in, and you know, we'll see where we go from here, but focus in on sort of uh, mental secrets, um, how herbs can support the brain, but also practices and different things you can do, how that relates to stress and a whole bunch of different factors. Uh, because this seems to be a big topic on a lot of people's mind, you know. How do, especially in this day and age, like it's it's more about cognitive performance than physical performance, although those two certainly tie in together. Uh, you want one in order to support the other thing. So we'll be covering a lot of secrets, practices, herbs, and that sort of thing. Uh, what I wanted to kick off this call with was uh, when I was first introduced to Peter many years ago, I saw a video clip of him uh, basically memorizing a random deck of cards. Like someone shuffled it, then one card at a time, picked it up, and Peter remembered each of the cards in order and was able to recite these back, uh, which is an amazing feat of memory. And there are some specific processes that go into doing this. It's actually a skill that anyone can learn, but it isn't an easy skill. It does take some practice. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, Peter? <laughs> hey, I'd be happy to, Logan. Uh, I, you know, the the beauty be, behind performance is that any performer, no matter what you're doing, whether you know whether you're doing a phenomenal deadlift, whether you're playing a piano or whatever it might be, the trick is is making it look easy. Well, obviously, just like you know, uh, and I've seen some of your lifting and your your uh, strongman feats, uh, they're awesome. They didn't come by accident. They came from a lot of hard work. And, you know, just like you've done, you've, uh, you've provided the proper nutrition so your body would respond to the exercise. Well, you know, it's, it's no different with the brain. Your brain cells require the very same thing. They require training and they require proper nutrition. Now, that particular feat that you're uh, referring to, that happened to be actually a, a very old feat that was done uh, back around the turn of the century, uh, the turn of the 19th century by a very, very famous magician called Harry Keller. Uh, I don't know, uh, most most people alive today wouldn't uh, know about Harry Keller, except unless you're a student of mentalism. Well, I was fascinated by it. You know, I said, wow, you know, that, that seems almost impossible. Someone shuffles a deck of cards, they quickly show you a card, and they go right through a deck of 52 cards, and, you, and the magician or the mentalist immediately recalls them to you in perfect order. How on earth could you do that? Well, I discovered how it was done. And uh, actually, I, I learned this from Harry Lorraine, who was also a, uh, a memory expert and a mentalist. And he used to perform the same feat. So what I did is I got a, 
uh, a deck of cards, and there is a specific uh, trick to it. It's not actually a trick. It's basically a way of remembering the cards because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see a card, it's, uh, it's just a number and uh, a face card. How, how does that stand out from any other? Well, there's a Lincoln Peg method of doing that, and, and I won't go into all of the details right now. So what I had to do is make up a deck for myself. I made up a, a mock deck with all the keywords on the cards that represented those cards. In other words, I took each card and turned the card into a visual image. And then, basically, I would go through and connect the visual images. I'd take a little trip. I'd take an imaginary little walk, and along my walk, I would find the various images that led me to the other images until I made the whole journey of 52 steps right back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, that takes a little time to do. So what I would do in the mornings, I'd take a deck of cards, and I'd have a stopwatch. And I would see how fast I could do a deck of cards. And it, it actually took me six months every single morning training that before I felt confident enough to do that before an audience. Okay, now that's one part of it. The second part of that was I needed to do something to nourish my brain, to get my brain uh, in the condition that it would accept these impressions very rapidly. And because of uh, the nature of the brain, uh, as we start aging, we start losing those abilities. So any uh, slack I may have had mentally, I had to make up for. So immediately about that time period, I started to look at ways that I could reduce my stress levels, my cortisol levels, increase my memory, increase my cognitive function, and then I started researching the herbs that were known to support this. Basically, those natural substances that uh, today we're trying to find the secret for <laughs> in, modern, in, in uh, chemistry, but the ancients had a, had a key. They, they understood this. So these are some of the herbs I'll talk about uh, in our interview today, but I found out what they were, started taking them, did the practice, and then performed the feat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually uh, after seeing you do it on that video and then uh, hearing about it from some other people. I, I worked on that skill myself for a little while. I never got uh, very fast with it just because I didn't keep practicing. I didn't do the six months like you said, but I was successfully able to uh, memorize an entire deck, and it just would have been a matter of more practice in order to get the skill much better. But uh, in, in you talking about that, it seems uh, pretty fascinating. It would be interesting. You could do like a, a study, <laughs> have people supported by some of the herbs we're going to talk about today doing this process versus those that weren't seeing if there was any difference. I think that would be pretty interesting to see the results with. Yeah. You know, uh, here's the flourish at the end of that. Uh, by the way, you do the deck of cards, and then you say, may I have the deck again? You rip the deck in half, rip yeah. it in quarters, and pass <laughs> it out to the audience. 
There you go. <laughs> that's that's bringing the mind and the body together, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, it's uh, uh, that actually happened to be my fir- some of my first right. uh, little demonstrations with a deck of cards, just ripping them. But uh, uh, there's so many things you can do with a deck. <laughs> Yeah, this this all you know. It's uh, it's funny. It's funny actually. Um, I was a few months ago. Uh, Dennis Rogers, uh, a great mm-hmm. strongman. Dennis sent me uh, so, uh, one of his little uh, uh, tools for for helping people to rip rip decks faster. And uh, mm-hmm. great guy. I, I I really appreciate the gift, but. Uh, it, it made me chuckle because it takes you back a ways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, here, here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that most of us in a modern Western society, we live a very, very stressful lifestyle. You know, everything mm-hmm. is fast. Everything's on the go. And it's that stress hormone that while they're they're necessary, our stress hormones like cortisol, as an example, is very necessary for the body. But it also, when it is too abundantly secreted, damages the brain. And uh, you know this can be uh, terribly handicapping to an individual. It actually damages the brain in three different ways. Uh, it interferes with the brain's glucose, or basically the, the the fuel that the brain uses that is required to lay down new memories. And whenever that's interfered with, it's very hard to remember anything. It's hard to lay down a new memory also. Secondly, what it does, it interferes with the function of your neurotransmitters. And that's basically the... The connections, uh, you know, that's a, the wiring of your brain. You start cutting those wires and the messages are not getting through. So here you're trying to remember something and what happens? You come to a dead end and you have just all of a sudden a blank. You say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, why can't I get through? Well, the line is cut. So you have to find a way to go around that or to repair the connection. Well, in, in, in an immediate situation, it's very hard to repair the connection. You just basically have lost it. And then basically the third way that cortisol or stress hormones damage the brain is that they increase the calcium in the brain cells, which to an abnormal amount causes a, an abundance of free radicals, which end up killing brain cells. One of the things, uh, Logan, that I found when I was studying uh, various diseases uh, that affect the brain like Alzheimer's, that all people who have Alzheimer's have some of the highest calcium buildup in the brain than anybody else. Hmm. And that is directly related to how stress damages the brain, long-term exposure to stress. Uh, another interesting thing, and this goes back, relates back to the herbs that uh, that uh, you and I both take, is that with uh, people with Alzheimer's, they had 48% less DHEA 
in their bodies. And I thought, wow. The DHEA, by the way, is produced by the adrenal glands. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting that by the time that we reach 70, you only have 10% of it from what you had when you were 20. Mm. Now, what do you do? Well, obviously, you look for ways to replenish that, to get the body's, uh, uh, the body to respond to certain herbs that trigger um, a greater production of those natural hormones that we've been losing over the years. One of the uh, one of the studies, by the way, um, uh, oh, let's see, it was a number of years ago by McGill University up in Canada. Uh, they went together to study how cortisol worked with memory, and actually they, they did this in conjunction with the American Alzheimer's Association and the National Institutes of, Ten- of, of Health, and it was a, a four-year study. And what they found was that Cortisol destroyed the memory and the cognitive function and that people who had excessive cortisol lost the ability to absorb information quickly. Now, also, and this is something I I picked up uh, just recently, was uh, an abstract that was done by the Neuropsychopharmacology uh, Institute on Bacopa. That the, and that's, I believe you just got that herb in. Yeah. It said that they, that they found in a study, they took 76 adults from the ages of 40 to 65 and they tested them to start with. Then after three months on, uh, Bacopa, they tested them again and then six weeks after the study was over. And what they found was that there was a tremendous increase in their ability to retain new information. In other words, now people, when they saw something or they heard something, whether it was visual or verbal, they were able to grasp it very, very quickly in their short-term memory. I I thought that was uh, just amazing. And that was just from taking that one herb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bacopa, the more I research about that, the more I'm amazed by it. But it also comes from personal experience. I've uh, shared this story a couple times, but for people that haven't heard it, uh, the I'd heard about Bacopa, but the first time I experienced it, I was at a, a workshop where I was attending that. And it was right after lunch, and you know it was a little bit different food than I normally ate, so I kind of had that uh, common post-lunch little bit of sleepiness. And, uh, you know, didn't really need to take a nap, but definitely wasn't, uh, my brain felt a little bit off, you know, I wasn't in the best focus mode. But as soon as I took Bacopa, in this case it was a tinctured form of it, but I could immediately feel like my brain switch on and I could feel the focus. And so what you're saying there about being able to retain information, like I could feel that effect right away from taking this herb. Uh, but the more research out there showing you really get the best effects when you are on it for a longer period of time, as uh, you said in that study, three months. Right, right. And, you know, it was was even after that, six weeks after that, that they still retained that sharpness. In other words, things seemed more uh, fresh and alive and they were easier to grasp. 
Now, of course, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing the card uh, feat like we were talking about, I could see where that helps uh, uh, incredibly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this whole thing about brain health, uh, when you think about it uh, as we age, the brain will fail before the kidneys, mm-hmm. uh, according to some studies. Half the people, every other person who's 85 years of age and older has Alzheimer's. Half, mm-hmm. We lose half of our synaptic connections even in our early 20s. Now, you know, of course, that sounds like bad news when we start talking about cognitive decline. But the good news is that scientists have discovered that there is neural plasticity of the brain, which allows us to make new synaptic connections at any age. And that is if, dot, 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 you know, <laughs> if we're doing the things that provide encouragement for those brain cells, if we're learning new things, if we're, we're exercising, if we're doing, doing the things that contribute to a healthy lifestyle, uh, even after the age of 40 or 50 years of, uh, of age, every decade we're losing brain weight, brain, uh, brain weight the weight of the brain decreases. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you think, okay, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like that much of a decrease. But what people don't understand is that the memory is hit the hardest. The amygdala and the hippocampus, they shrink by 20 to 25% by the time you're 60 to 70 years of age. So is it any wonder that we're having this uh, epidemic of, of mental dysfunction and lack of cognitive ability. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do about it? Well, I know what I've been doing about it, and you know that's uh, exactly what we're here to share. Um, you know, that's uh, obviously diet plays a lot in a, a lot into this too. Um, one of the things that I take is uh, coconut oil. You know, virgin coconut oil, uh, which basically provides a healthy fat. And uh, these fats are utilized by the brain. The, the brain is basically, a, is basically fat, except as it starts to decline, it ends up looking like a piece of uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, green Swiss cheese that started to go rancid. And in a sense, that's what happens to the brain when it starts failing. It basically becomes rancid fat. But Mm -hmm. coconut oil has a way of restoring the brain cells by producing more acetylcholine, which is, uh, uh, think of that as an insulator on the neurons in the brain. And that allows the message, the signal, to travel along faster. In other words, makes you faster mentally. Now, of course, obviously, you know, talking about stress, what else are we doing? Uh, we're destroying the body's hormones, uh, serotonin, uh, the mood balance uh, and depression hormone. In other words, when serotonin goes down, depression goes up. Uh, it's, uh, it has to do with our sleep, our sex, our appetite, and once again, 
our memory. It also has to do with serotonin and bone density, or serotonin has to do with the degree of bone density. Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, my hypothesis is, is that, especially with working out, if you're doing uh, heavy resistance-type workouts and you're stimulating new bone density, new bone growth, uh, could it be that we're also triggering greater levels of serotonin or keeping the serotonin levels healthy? Uh, I don't know that there's been any studies done on that, but uh, I see that there may be a connection there. And, and especially when you start working your, your core body muscles, uh, working the abdom, uh, abdominal area, I consider 80 to 90% of the serotonin produced by the body is in your gut. Mm-hmm. So having healthy gut, uh, developing those muscles, what are we doing? I think we're creating the climate for greater serotonin production. But of course, uh, here's the biggie. We come to the next uh, hormone, uh, dopamine. Uh, you know, that's uh, whenever we start losing uh, dopamine, you know, that's that feel-good chemical where, where the world is just wonderful and everything is fine and the birds are singing and the sky is blue. <laughs> and, uh, but whenever that, that neural hormone starts getting diminished, what else happens? We, lo- we, lose our me- we start losing our memory. We start losing the physical motor skills that we've developed. Uh, it's something... Uh, I found very fascinating because I, I, I realized years and years ago that there was a connection between dopamine, the herbs that I was taking, and physical motor function. Because, mm-hmm. again, when dopamine is, has declined, uh, it can lead to Parkinson's disease. Well, uh, this is a number of years ago. I, I did a... Uh, I was doing an interview uh, with uh, Inside Kung Fu magazine, and uh, one of the things that we did was uh, I was photographed taking out a candle flame, you know, with with a punch, and the camera that was used was recording it, and when they, they viewed back the photos from it, there was no hand movement. And then they realized that the hand speed of, or the photographic speed of the, of the camera was at 164th of a second, but my hand speed had been 132nd of a second, faster mm-hmm. than it recorded. And I thought, wow. And you know what I had been doing at that time? Well, for, naturally, I was working the skill. I was working on my speed, uh, you know, definitely. But additionally, what made the hand speed faster was the instantaneous connection of those uh, of those neural connectors. Mm-hmm. Well, that I directly took back to my tincture. I had this uh, big tincture with all of these uh, uh, Chinese herbs in it that I had uh, uh, 
<laughs> I made it. <laughs> I have to laugh at all of the crazy things I did, but uh, <laughs> I've been sitting on that, working out, and uh, I, you know I'm always surprising myself. So uh, anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, interesting, and this is something I've uh, certainly researched myself, looking at uh, skills, whether this is a physical skill, definitely, but uh, it certainly applies to any sort of mental skill. And you're talking about the nerves and how they have that insulator. And one of the things that they looked at scientifically is what they called myelin, which is the sort of the coating that goes on the nerves and uh, how that gets built up, that gets insulated the more you practice a skill. But if you look at that nutritionally, you know, you need to have the building blocks within the body in order to be able to do that. And like you're saying, it's it's mostly fat-based couple different fats, certainly the omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA, is used a lot in the brain. But there's also something that I, I haven't heard anyone really mention much, uh, but it's, it's somewhat of a common fat, but it's specifically used in this function. It's called nervonic acid, as in the nerves, and that's really used to for that sort of coating on the myelin. And if you have those building blocks within the body, nutritionally and from the herbs, then you practice the skills right, then in my mind, it seems it makes sense that you're able to move extraordinarily fast in this instance, but that anyone could actually gain skills faster by having the right nutritional support in place, at least if, you know, they were coming from a deficient place before. Yeah, absolutely. When you think of the connection between dopamine and Mm L-DOPA and Makuna, which is rich in L-DOPA, and how that supports that particular hormone, which, mm-hmm. you know, con- consider if, if it's supporting that, then in turn it's supporting your physical motor skills because we know the opposite of that uh, basically ends up being Parkinson's disease and mm-hmm. uh, actually depression, uh, a lack of ability to learn. Uh, again, we throw the memory in there, uh, 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 another thing that's associated with the lack of dopamine is uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which mm. uh, actually seems to be a majority of our population. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. but uh, and it's it's interesting with the dopamine that it also has sort of that sex hormone uh, capacity too, because uh, in studies dopamine's been shown to raise testosterone and growth hormone. And this seems to be some sort of interaction with dopamine and some of the other hormones. I've read some things about its interaction with prolactin. It may inhibit that and thus help increase these other ones. But it really seems to be doing a whole lot of different things, uh, this one herb or this one component in this one herb. Yeah, I, I noticed, uh, Logan, that you mentioned something about uh, uh, the shamans, uh they would take a cacao and makuna together, and uh, it seemed like they always had it uh, for a particular purpose. Uh, yeah, the, yeah according to some of the stuff I saw, that was one of the most ancient uh, cacao drinks or chocolate drinks would be this combination of the two. And, uh, yeah, cacao definitely has some interesting capability itself. So that, that brings up the whole sort of area is how do you combine these things in the right way to really get the best cognitive or other effects that you're going for. 
hey, you know, you you, you just gave me an idea. Uh, how how about making a, a cacao macuna uh, protein shake? <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds good, and I think it would taste good as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was that was a thing I noticed. It's just like we were talking before the interview. Uh, I found different ways uh, to use some of these herbs that are really quite tasty. Uh, the one I was mentioning earlier, uh, and I have this every morning in, in my breakfast, and that's lion's mane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have <clears throat> a fixed breakfast, and it's almost uh, almost always the same breakfast. But it's uh, organic oats with raw hemp seed. I sprinkled in some lion's mane. I'll put uh, some uh, shisandra berry. I, I like the tartness in there. I throw mm-hmm. some raisins in there. I also have uh, some uh, apricot kernels that I grind up in a coffee uh, grinder, and I put those in there, and uh, blueberries, and then some coconut milk. And for me, uh, one that serves so many different purposes for me, mm-hmm. uh, it gives me the it gives me the the protein that I require, of course, being on a vegan diet, uh, I, to me, uh, that's very, very important. But it also helps keep my brain repaired. Uh, it, it, it will prevent Alzheimer's or dementia. But even more so, it's very powerful for nerve growth factors. Now, you know, when you're in the gym and you're working hard, uh, that's very important too. And of course, mentally being able to focus, you know, with a laser-like focus on whatever your lift is, uh, you know, where there's no distractions. The only thing in the entire world is is is, is the iron that is going to be picked up. Uh, so that all helps a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people may miss that uh, in as far as working out, but you know, it's not just a physical thing. It really is a place where you can really work on those skills of, you know, content, concentration and focus and, you know, as well as other sort of mental skills like goal setting, visualization, all these things that can go into it. So not only are you obviously stimulating the body to grow and get stronger and, you know, helping with the health benefits, cardiovascular and whatnot that comes along with that, but really with that blood flow stimulating, you know, that's also going through the brain and, uh, using those different mental skills in there, it can be a, a great sort of playground in which to improve all areas of your health. Yeah, it, it's. I I don't think we can. Uh, I don't think we give our brains enough credit in the, in the role that they play in our physical development, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to uh, feats of strength. And whatever yep. other things we enjoy uh, toying with, because that requires absolute, complete focus, and mm-hmm. uh, your ability to focus on one thing at one time, totally like a laser light. I, how do you develop that? Well, you know, you have to have proper brain nutrition. You have to have enough willpower to start working on it. You have to have an objection. You have to have a target that you're focused on. I mean, you don't hit that. No one hits a target they can't see. So, you know, it's about establishing what those targets are. 
you know, as we get older, we we start uh, hearing all of this rhetoric that, well, you know, I'm over the hill, I'm, I'm, I'm past my prime, and all of this mm-hmm. crazy nonsense. All that is is basically that uh, people have lost their targets, mm-hmm. and uh, that's nonsense. I you know, yeah. uh, I I look forward. I'm enthused about uh, what. I'm looking at accomplishing, and right. you know, I feel like I'm a little kid. I'm just getting started. Right. Well, yeah, as you get older, that just means, you know, that's more time you've had to accomplish the things you want to accomplish, so you should be looking forward to that, right? Yeah. It makes more and, sense and, to me and, than not looking forward to it, <laughs> dreading the time <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, it's uh, – and, and, and that's also uh, – you, it's it's laying things out. Uh, this is what I do. I I have, uh, golly, I've got my workout journals that can go back years, uh, actually decades. I've got a whole stack of them. I know every single workout I'm going to do, and I've got a pretty good idea of what weight I'm going to lift. I know where I'm going to be a year from today, if not better, I know how much I'll be able to lift. And it's pretty exciting because you can map it out. What gets managed, uh, what gets measured, gets managed. And <laughs> I, there is no end to it unless you stop, mm-hmm. unless you give up, unless you believe limiting concepts and ideas and you buy into that. And then, well, then you're dead meat. Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious, Peter, is there any other sort of feats of memory or focus or concentration that you've done besides this uh, memorizing the deck of random cards? Well, you know, that goes into so many other uh, aspects. One of the things I, I do as a game for myself is that when we're driving down uh, an interstate somewhere and mm-hmm. – I'll come up and go past the car. I'll remember, uh, I'll rec- recall the license plate. And then as I slow down after I pass several cars and those cars pass me, I recall those license plates back. And that's sort of a fun little game that helps keep my brain sharp. Uh, one of the other things I did uh, in an audience uh, a number of years ago is that I I, on the big blackboard, we had a uh, a chessboard, you know, the game of chess. We had the 64 squares laid out, mm-hmm. and we asked anyone in the audience where to start, and we put in that space the knight, and you know how the knight moves on the chessboard. Well, mm-hmm. the objection, the objective was to move that knight to every one of those squares without hitting the same square twice. <laughs> but I sat there blindfolded with my back to the board and moved it to all 64 squares. Wow. 
haven't heard of that one before. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> now, you know, I, I, I noticed, you know, I was noticing in the audience, they were scrambling to try to do it on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were trying to do it on a piece of paper where they could remember where they went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard anyway. a couple of uh, different stories of uh, chess masters like a uh, guy playing, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like he was playing blindfolded 64 different games uh, with 64 different people, and he was blindfolded the entire time, and he ended up winning something like 55 of those games. So he had wow. the entire board games in memory, a whole bunch of them, and be able to play without being able to look at the different pieces. That That's some memory right there. Wow. Yeah, I think it's chess, wow. uh, chess, there's a lot you can do with it, which is probably why it's one of the classic games and uh, well-regarded around the world. It, that That's amazing, Logan. I mean, you know, it, it, you're just sharing that with, with everyone. Uh, it just goes to show that we have no idea. We we haven't even begun to to, to figure out what humans are capable of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have that potential. We all have that ability. Uh, it, it, it's true. You know, it has to be developed, of course. And proper nutrition and training, uh, learning those skills, uh, you know, we can accomplish those things. But I think that's the very important part that we can all accomplish greatly in our lives if we choose to. And mm-hmm. they're just... Uh, it's just giving the body and the mind and the brain the proper environment so it can grow. I think one of the one of the uh, areas I I usually end up harping on, uh, and that is the area of sleep. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know we start looking at our lack of sleep. I I don't know what this is. People think well you know. Uh, my life is spinning by so fast. I, I can't. I can't afford to sleep. I don't have much life left. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss out on something. Well, you know, I, I take the opposite to that. I, I sleep as long as I want to sleep. I go to bed early. I, you know, I, I do happen to get up early, but that's only because I've slept so long. <laughs> and. Uh, do what I want to do. Uh, there's plenty of time. I don't plan on dying anytime soon. You know, it's uh, I've got too many too many exciting things to do in my life. That's mm-hmm. uh, and and by the way, uh, you know, a moment ago when we were when we were talking about uh, El Dopa or Makuna, they did a uh, it just sort of reminded me of this. They did a study years ago at the Brookhaven National Laboratory out on uh, out in New York, where they fed El Dopa, which is uh, you know Makuna is is so rich in, to mice, and they increased the lifespan of the mice by fifty percent just on that one thing alone. Now, of course, you, you know, so often we're uh, uh, comparing ourselves to uh, mice and rats and the experiments that we have, and I says, uh, okay, yeah, uh, 
we're running around like uh, mice on a treadmill, <laughs> not getting enough rest, not recuperating enough, and mm -hmm. uh, we're dying prematurely. But anyway, you know, I actually there was a, a study done by Eve Van Carter, uh, I think it was up at the University of Chicago. Uh, uh, one of the articles, uh, I think it was in JAMA, the uh, Journal of the American Medical Association, where they were studying accelerated aging, and they found that young men who they had in this st test study who slept no more than four hours a night, they had gone into accelerating aging in a week. Mm -hmm. in a week and yeah. how many people are, are are only sleeping four or five hours a night what yeah, they, they tried themselves on that <laughs> oftentimes uh, they tried yeah. themselves on that oftentimes you know I can get by yeah. four hours of sleep a night <laughs> well yeah well you know that, that's crazy time perhaps <laughs> yeah I've heard people say well yeah I, I, I take a uh I've, I've learned to do a super nap, uh, you know, and I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I only sleep four hours a night. I'm better than you are. You you sleep eight, nine hours a night? How could you sleep so long? Mm -hmm. He says, I'm making my muscles grow. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, that's one thing I have seen some of the sleep. Uh, sciences, the harder you train, it becomes even more important than uh, for any sort of athletics. Uh, then if you're not doing that, you can, you know, your body doesn't need to recover as much, so you can get by with a little bit less, but I mean, you should still be sleeping a good amount anyway. But the harder you train, definitely even more. Like they were looking at some Olympic-level athletes and having the guys sleeping 12 hours per day and just seeing even better results with them. <laughs> Right, right. I, you know, I, and I've read those uh, those studies too, and mm -hmm. I, I said they just make sense, and uh, just basically uh, experientially uh, for myself. That that's all I can say. For me, if I'm going to work out hard, my body tells me that it needs more rest to recoup in, mm -hmm. and as long as I get that amount of sleep. X number of hours sleep, I come back stronger. And the reason I come back stronger is because there hasn't been a sleep loss. Whenever you start losing sleep or not sleeping enough, your cortisol levels go up. Mm -hmm. And when the cortisol levels with stress hormones go up, there is a loss of HGH or human growth hormone. So and they're so uh, so connected to each other. Cortisol goes up, and what happens? It halts tissue growth. It stops protein synthesis. It puts fat on your body, makes you fat around the waist. It impairs your immunity and it weakens your bones. When you do the opposite, when you get enough sleep, testosterone goes up. HGH goes up, the DHEA levels are strong, and you know what happens? You make gains. You get stronger, healthier, 
and more youthful, and you stay youthful. You know, you can be uh, youthfulness. We have no idea how long how, how long we can actually live. I think we're just basically flat out believing ourselves to death. But um, I've taken a different approach. Time isn't toxic. Yep. And here we are. So it's, <laughs> it's interesting what we're talking about, like uh, sort of the, the basics, you know, training, sleep, you know, eating high-quality food, taking some herbs that additionally support that. But these things are helping with, you know, our cognitive function, uh, keeping the brain healthy, but also helping with testosterone, the other hormones, just in general keeping us healthier. Um, is there anything else we haven't really addressed that uh, you do specifically in order to keep your brain healthy and that all the cognitive uh, development going on? Well, the uh, Bacopa, the lion's mane, uh, the Makuna, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of... Um, I like coconut oil. Uh, I make sure that I get uh, plenty of green tea in my diet. Uh, uh, the green tea has uh, has elements in it that uh, that help that. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things, and but you know, just like you said, uh, Logan, it it comes back down to uh, having a good support system in your diet. Uh, I'm very conscious of uh, of the foods that I eat, that the foods that I am eating are supporting what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that's a, that becomes a delicate balance based on my activity. And I'm constantly monitoring it. Uh, I, I love journaling, uh, writing things down. Uh, that way I can, I can reflect back on it, uh, even with my workouts. I, I write down how I feel during those workouts. I write down what my blood pressure is. Uh, I, I know when I'm overtraining. I know when uh, I'm getting uh, I, to that red line where the fatigue level is starting to match my recovery. And uh, those things are a delicate balance. So you're learning to fine-tune all the time, Learning, learning not to have too much mental activity, uh, mm-hmm. not to be distracted, to be focused, to be balanced. And I think it's, it's really about living a balanced lifestyle. You know, there's a place, obviously, for making money and, and business, which I love. There's a time for my creative uh, interest, and, and those include creative writing, uh, working on my, working on a new book. Uh, I'm always working on a new book. Uh, working on uh, writing now a book uh, on Qigong, which is uh, book number 33. Uh, <laughs> working on my on my music. Uh, uh, I've gone back to uh, trying to uh, master a, a piece by Nicholas uh, Paganini on my guitar. Uh, you know, uh, I, yesterday I was. Uh, I was looking at uh, somebody had brought something up about the Navy SEALs and their uh, one of their te- uh, their physical fitness tests and what they what they required uh, that uh, they had to be able to do a hundred sit-ups in two minutes and I said, huh, that's interesting. Uh, do a hundred sit-ups in two minutes? Okay, well, 
so I, yesterday was deadlifts, you know, so I worked my back real hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I did uh, did a little uh, auxiliary arm workout, and I kept thinking about that. I said, huh, wait a minute, got my uh, stopwatch, got on the, not not sit up, I said, why why should I do sit-ups? I'm going to make it make it a little bit more challenging. I'm going to do it on the Roman chair. <laughs> and uh, so I did I, I did a hundred sit-ups in uh, one minute and twenty-four seconds. And I says, okay, there you are, Sonny. I'm old enough for your grandpa. <laughs> Get your grandpa out here. Let's see him do it. <laughs> Sorry, being a little arrogant here. <laughs> I don't think that's just a challenge for Grandpa. I challenge anyone to do that. It's not a. That, that's quite impressive there, and that's that's moving pretty quick. That's more than one. That's moving very fast on the Roman. Yeah, chair. that's wow, wow, very cool. Yeah. Anyway, you know, not bad for Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah, we we've talked a lot about cortisol, obviously all kinds of different effects, but specifically you mentioned those three functions with the brain. Uh, in the previous interview, we talked a lot about the, your meditation practice. I'm curious, uh, is there any other sort of tips or tactics that work well for you making sure you keep your cortisol in check in order to support uh, you know, all your systems functioning optimally? Absolutely. Uh, every morning I'm up between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning and I allow for at least uh, 2 to 3 hours every single morning for my meditation and for doing Qigong. Mm-hmm. And Qigong which is uh, goes back thousands of years uh, ancient uh, moving meditation and I practice certain breathing techniques as I do the Qigong to help bring my my body into a state of stillness and my my mind to become crystal clear and what i what i end up doing uh, in particular uh, it's it's called microcosmic breathing um mm-hmm. basically pulling the breath up from the lower part of my body down around between my legs up my spine up over my head and down into the area of the pineal gland and what I'm doing is charging the pineal gland with my breath with the energy or with the chi that flows in my body and then allowing it from my pineal gland to drop down into into my uh, abdomen or just below my navel which the ancients called the dantian which was an energy mm-hmm. center and uh, actually, uh, what's been uh, discovered is that serotonin, 80 to uh, around 80 to 90 percent of the serotonin the body produces, is produced in the gut, mm-hmm. down in that area. So the ancients were on to something. How they figured this thing out, I don't know. But also triggering uh, the. Uh, stimulating the pineal gland or pineal gland as some uh, people uh, will pronounce it that is a light receptor gland in the human body that allows for what the French word is for it is clairvoyance or clear seeing 
So there's a clarity or a perception of mind that's associated with the stimulation of that particular gland. Actually, according to traditional Chinese medicine, it was called Spirit Valley or Shen Valley, which is the spot between the two hemispheres of the brain. And it was activating, learning how to activate the energy in that spot that would charge the entire physical body. And, of course, I know there's a little bit more to it. I'm making it very uh, very simple here. But it's what the sages discovered would give them great longevity, uh, incredible vitality, and uh, thus they earned the reputation of being, quote, unquote, immortals, or uh, in this case, mountain men, where they uh, basically got to, got to the point that all they wanted to do is take themselves off into the mountains and to practice. And uh, they had a they had some higher goals than even the physical ones that we spoke about on the call to this point. And mm-hmm. so those are the things that I do every single morning. And I, it's something I also teach other people to do. You know, I'm, I teach Qigong. I have for years and years. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just part and parcel of uh, a total lifestyle. And I have also endeavored to remove myself to the degree possible in a Western uh, uh, technological uh, uh, culture and society where I own my time, I own my life, and I'm in control of what I do. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's uh, some very important points there. That leads me to one more question, and then we'll wrap up the call. Even though I feel like that was a great ending point right there, but I feel like I'll do one more question. Uh, so you mentioned the pineal gland, and also housed within the brain, you have the hypothalamus and the pituitary, which are really kind of the uh, master endocrine organs. They kind of run the whole show. Uh, do you believe that all the stuff we talked about today, I mean, with cortisol, diet, and everything, that in addition to just the brain and the nervous system, that these things are going to maximally uh, support these different glands within the brain as well? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, that, that, uh, there's enough scientific evidence to back that up. And, mm-hmm. uh, you put it together in a package and you have a, you have a doorway, you know, you have a doorway into one radical life extension, how, however, uh, you want to address that. Uh, the floor is open for you. There, there are no limits. There are no limits unless the ones that uh, are just basically uh, self-imposed. There's no mm-hmm. locked door that we don't have a key for, and I firmly believe that. And we're we're here to evolve, to grow, to expand, to reach the pinnacle, the zenith of our own growth, and. Uh, you know, we're planted in the soil of Earth, and uh, as long as we get enough juice, uh, not only do we grow a little bit, but we we grow enough to to sprout leaves and then flower and then uh, uh, yield the perfume of our of our essence, uh, the very purpose for the whole thing, and that's that's a beautiful picture. Yes, yes, it is. 
Excellent. Well, uh, Peter, can you tell people who are listening where they can go for to find more information about you and anywhere you'd like them to connect with you on? Yeah, uh, you know, if you go to PeterRagnar.com or it's uh, it's LongevitySage.com, PeterRagnar.com takes you to the same place, and you will uh, you'll have the opportunity to get a free ebook from me on. Uh, how to extend your life breathing techniques for life extension and a lot of other good stuff. Uh, you'll be able to find out uh, about the herbs uh, that we're talking about and, uh, you know, just stay in contact. Uh, get on my Facebook page, uh, Peter Ragnar on Facebook. And uh, we're having conversations all the time about uh, just what, what uh, Logan and I were talking about. So I think you'll find it very exciting. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot of people uh, interested in this, so uh, join the party. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for taking your time today, and uh, I, I think we should do it again sometime. I'd love it. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for the privilege, Shell Logan. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and if you definitely want to tr- check out some of those different cognitive herbs that we talked about, of course, head over to supermanherbs.com. You'll find all kinds of information uh, on that topic with those different herbs, and we do plan to have even more information available because uh, this is a subject near and dear to my heart, obviously to Peter's, but also to a whole bunch of other people. So we definitely want to help people focus on how they can improve their cognitive function, support their brain health and everything using herbs, along with all the lifestyle ways that we talked about today. So thanks, everyone, for listening.